and welcome to another Mark Bishop show, and particularly the Reading Corner. This is where we look at top books and books that are going to make it and books that maybe won't make it, but they're great stories, and I think they're worthwhile being on my show. And this particular author, I'm referring to author of by the name of Kenneth James Moore. There's a ring of bell at all. There's uh, quite a few he's done. We'll talk about those later. But before I get into Pieces of Wood with him, which is the name of the book, I would like him to perhaps share with us of what you, me, are supposed to get out of this book. Welcome, Kenneth James Moore. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you for having me on your show. It's kind of you. I uh, First of all, I'd just like to point out that the, the novel Pieces of Wood um, is an international crime thriller. It follows three protagonists, a retired Marine Corps colonel and two FBI agents as they as they hunt down two sons of the rising sun, making their way to the shores of 1978 Chicago to engage in a bioterror campaign, just like the fathers imposed on the Chinese during World War II. Mm-hmm. The idea of pieces of wood is, well, frankly, we have all grown up with the uh, fanatics uh, of, the, of the Nazi era. And, um, but Frankly, the other side of the World War II equation and war in the Pacific uh, against the Japanese was far more, far more brutal. And indeed, uh, well, I like to say that the, 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 the Nazis were fanatics, but the, uh, the Imperial Japanese were barbarics. Uh, their level of barbarism, their level of cannibalism uh, was literally something out of the Dark Ages or part mm-hmm. of uh, it was uh, of epic proportion. So they referred to, uh, the Imperial Japanese referred to women, uh, which they targeted directly uh, as, uh, pardon my inability to actually pronounce the Japanese language, but I think it's Zabuku, and uh, basically that means pieces of wood, just pieces of wood to be used and disposed of. And, uh, yeah, that was a, uh, it was, that came about... Uh, I had made a promise to my mom when I was eight years old to find what happened to her youngest brother who never came home from the war. And uh, in the process of doing that, uh, in the uh, jungles of the Mariana Archipelago, uh, atop a, I think about 2,000 foot uh, elevation, uh, we came across an Imperial Japanese killing field and uh, with ovens uh, there constructed in the 30s. Uh, so in, in a preparatory fashion, um, to dispose of, well, according to the plaque that was left behind, 5,000 women. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it gets, I know, it gets, uh, you, the book is fascinating. Pieces of Wood, though, is your first novel, correct? It is the first of a trilogy. There are two more in, in the works as they're coming out. Okay, okay. Now, what is it that made you want to tell the story of Japanese atrocities in the Pacific this particular way? Well, again, I was out looking for my uncle. So this this was not something that me and my associates set out to do. Uh, we just happened to caught upon this uh, killing field and these refractory ovens. To be very explicit, I thought there was this big hole in what I thought was a B-29 uh, fuselage. Well, I, I crawled into it. Now you have to understand that the uh, the jungles there are so intense. I mean, yeah, eleven o'clock in the morning looks like five o'clock in the afternoon. It, it's just it's 
very dense. So clearing away those uh, the vines to a degree. So uh, here's this big orifice. Okay, so I crawled into it. Well, uh, it was a uh, a refractory oven. Yeah. Things and uh, it was uh, not something that I had anticipated, of course. Uh, but it did kind of reflect back in my days in 1981. I I was really disgusted over the fact that uh, uh, extensive background in martial arts at the time and um, felt that you know TV commercials saying telling a woman to reach into her purse and grab a, a can of mace or a, a revolver was just the most stupid thing ever because <laughs> you're dead by the time you get that thing out of your purse if that indeed that was the intention of the attacker. But uh, so I started a, a class at the University of Maryland and taught throughout Maryland uh, at the YWCA. It was endorsed by the YWCA and uh, taught a class uh, basically free of charge for uh, for nearly a year that I passed it on to some of my better students who carried it forward from there. So having with that background and then coming across this killing field, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, I was like a hammer across the head well, it was just something else well there's no doubt about it there's a significant amount of historical background in this novel i mean how did you go about conducting your research well because i had been looking for my uncle for some 30 years frankly prior to that so, so i just uh, imposed upon contacts that i had in the military community and the intelligence community and acquired a lot of documentation so by the time i set out for the first time in 1998 uh, I had thousands of papers, and I got a lot of them spread across my desk right now. Um, declassified material, et cetera, in interviews. And so I had an idea of what I was doing in terms of looking for my uncle, but I had no concept, no desire, nothing whatsoever pursuant to the subject of violence against women. So uh, it was just happenstance that we happened upon that, and then it brought forth the 1981 experience, and I, you just have to tell the story. Well, you've traveled the world, uh, you know, looking for the answers to the mystery uh, of your uncle's disappearance in <laughs> World War Two. You must have, uh, I mean, you were led down this path, there's no doubt about it, but, you know, you must have uncovered some incredible history. Yeah. Yes, and indeed, that's why there's, it's a trilogy. It is, uh, the first book is Violence Against Women. The second is uh, uh, The Quest for Freedom. Um, fascinating story about a U.S. Marine and uh, a Chinese resistance fighter who happened to be in the same prison at the same time and, and decided to work together for the mutual freedom and the freedom of the Chinese people. And the third one is, is basically... Uh, my story uh it is what how i started looking for my uncle and 42 years later found him so yeah um 42 years <laughs> yeah a long time isn't it uh, um so so you know if i was standing with you having a beer or something like that and i'd say how did your experience in the pacific inspire you really to want to do pieces of wood i know you've touched on the japanese atrocities but but is there something else in there that made you want to you know write this novel well frankly the subject mark uh, the subject of violence against women is a pandemic far more dangerous than covid19 far more damaging and difficult to stop than aids sars or even the bubonic plague hmm. 
something that we have endured as a society as in, as a as well as since we could walk upright frankly as, as humanoids um, and it needs to stop because not every every single case of violence against women is really an assault against society you just can't have a as a society that develops beyond its developmental years and having this kind of barbarism continuing and it it becomes an epidemic because again one just simply leads to the other but you asked me about get what i wanted to convey actually about pieces of wood it has to be seen as a warning to current generations that there's no room under the rug for anything more to be swept everything has to be put out and looked at if light isn't shed on the horrors of the past, history can and ultimately will repeat itself, as everybody should know. And the violence against women the Imperial Japanese imposed has to be the, the epitome, the zenith, and it, it can never be uh, repeated again. So that's what I like my readers to get out of this novel. Yeah, well, that's uh, probably the most important thing readers really should take away from pieces of wood. Was there anything personal in your life that, uh, you know, you seem pretty adamant about this cause? I mean, it's a heck of a great cause that you care about personally in this modern day life that we, you know, live in. But was there anything in your own family close to your heart or, or friends scenario no. that, uh, you know? No, not at all. Just those damn TV commercials in the 80s. <laughs> 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 oh, there it is. It's, 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 it's amazing what sorts of things, you know, spark us all on, isn't it? My mom and dad had a great relationship. Uh, everybody in my family, I, I, I never knew of anyone, a man hitting a woman or anything like that. Uh, I certainly didn't, but nobody had to stand up on a podium and tell us, hey, don't do that in my generation at least, and perhaps in yours as well, Mark, is that uh, you know, it was just something that you understood, you know? You, you're not a bully, you don't have to subjugate, and it just bothered the crap out of me, so. <laughs> Fair enough. So let me ask you again, what was the most surprising thing, really, uh, that you learned in your research? Uh, well, there's just so much in percentage of pieces of wood per se, it would really have to be the the ovens. Um, I mean, these things were set up in 1931. Uh, I'm re talking about the refractory ovens on, on Tinian Island, uh, atop of Mount Tapacher, to be precise. And um, they uh, were intricately designed. Uh, they had um, refractory brick supplied by the uh, a company still in Japan, still operating, still producing, same. It had a sheet of cement. I mean, seriously, how do you get cement and all this stuff up to the top of a mountain? Mm -hmm. uh, and then decorated brick on the outside. It was just, I'm just certain, sorry. Um, it, it was hard to see the relevance of such an intricately developed ovens. And frankly, there were two that were standing when we found them in 1998. Uh, but there was a whole series of broken bricks, shattered bricks, some some of them still kind of standing, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But eventually, um, these two were indicative, and obviously I have photographs of them, 
were indicative of the meticulous undertaking of craftsmen to actually make these darn things. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, that was perhaps pursuant to the answering your question was any, perhaps startling. Any photos at all, uh, you know, uh, in the book, that, uh, in the novel? I'm sorry? Any photos of that in the novel at all that uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, be able to see? Okay. Yeah. Well, you interviewed quite a few people who experienced, you know, World War II uh, yes. firsthand. Yes. What, what inspired you to do this? What, what have you learned? It's all a matter of human nature. That's what I've learned. Um, it, uh, that's something that I think we need to address beyond pandemics, beyond other issues. We need to look at ourselves as human beings and look at what we have done and how we can avoid doing it in the future. It's, uh, if, we, if we're going to survive, frankly, as, as a human race, we um, mm -hmm. And if, if people do want to learn more about, you know, World War II in the Pacific, what other reading do you recommend to them? Well, I recommend what I put in the back of the book, which is in my day as a, as a, a political scientist, a grad student, et cetera, I had excellent professors who taught me how to research. I mean, so going to a bookstore and pulling a book off a shelf about World War II, yeah, it may or may not be that great. But if you go to the actual resources, uh, which are, again, uh, highlighted in the back of the book, from um, you, you'll actually get to the heart of what we call first-generation uh, information. So I recommend following that, uh, that format. Well, it sounds like you have a few more books. I know you've talked of the trilogy, uh, You're Coming to Be Sleeve. Tell us, share a little bit about those with us, if you would. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the first one, uh, they're each themed. And the first one, as we've, we've discussed, is uh, about violence against women. Mm -hmm. The second one is the quest for freedom. And I, I edified to a degree that this was uh, referenced by uh, two um, a Chinese uh, Counter, uh, a Chinese guerrilla fighter who's just 20 years old. Fascinates me. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he had thousands of people that he generated as a resistance army against the Imperial Japanese, the invading Japanese. And then the other man was a Marine from uh, Dorchester, Massachusetts. And they both wound up in the same prison at the same time. And I know this because we were there. Um, yeah, it's uh, a fascinating relationship between these two men. And that uh, uh, we, we, I had a, a team that uh, uh, went with me. Uh, and by the way, some of them were Aussies, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been in enough wars too, I can tell you. Uh, yes, plenty, plenty of Australian blood on the sand along with Americans, eh, my friend? Yes, sir, absolutely, no question about it. And thank you very much for that contribution. So let's talk about being able to buy this thing. Sure. I know, I know you're bound to tell me Amazon. <laughs> well, I've been the uh, number one best-selling author on Amazon for the past month or so. so. Yeah, congratulations. That's the real reason I, I, I sort of led into that. I wanted folks, this is, um, it's quite a, well, I, I would be very proud if that happened for me. I must've given you a great thrill. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it had only been out for a few months at that point, and uh, I have an excellent publicist, and uh, uh, it uh, it works in that direction. So people start reading it, uh, uh, the uh, 
the editor of the Detroit uh, Free Press uh, gave it five stars. Many people gave it five stars, uh, but that one kind of stood out to me because he referred to it. I believe that was that was the Detroit Free Press guy. Uh, they referred to it as uh, a light shining on modern victimization of women, like a Diogenes light. I, I'm terrible at par terrible paraphrase, but essentially <laughs> referred to Diogenes and the novel as basically the same thing, shining a light on the subject of violence against women. Well, there's no doubt about it, um, Kenneth James Moore, that you are a champion of the cause to eliminate violence against women. I mean, how does that come out in your book, gets the message across, and what can ordinary people, ordinary people, do to help? Well, we can start by going to www.piecesofwood.net. Uh, that's where you can buy the book. Secondly, you can just type in my name, Kenneth James Moore, and you can follow me as the other two novels come to uh, fruition of uh, helping directly. Well, I was a volunteer at the NSA for a long time, right out of college. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, volunteerism is really what it's all about. Uh, so whatever's going on in one's community, and if they feel that they can uh, contribute, they should. And also I've got up on my side, there's the link for the trailer video. This is a new thing today, isn't it, to do with uh, new release novels and so on? Yes, apparently. And it's also coming out now on um, as an audio book for MP3 and all those modern technical things that uh, people mm -hmm. use. Those. Yeah, audio books are popular. I listen to a couple. It's good. Sometimes it's easier than reading. And oh, yeah. uh, who is doing that for you? Are you actually narrating yourself on this? Oh, no. No, I'm not that talented. And you've heard my voice now, so no, I wouldn't do it myself. But uh, uh, my publicist, Scott, uh, Scott Lorenz, um, who's, as I indicated earlier, is, is phenomenal in my view, um, he's putting it together. That's fantastic. All righty, so Pieces of Wood, it's the name of the novel. It's, it's uh, penned by Kenneth James Moore. It uh, can be got on Amazon, and it can also be got in bookstores, can't it? Good question. I don't know that for a fact. It I don't usually believe... comes out in those as well, after uh, all. But, uh, yeah. Oh, look, it'll be on everything. You'll be able to get hold of it. But but the, a yeah. good idea is to mention your site again. Uh, is that, that's www.piecesofwood.com. Dot net. No, don't go to dot right, dot net. Right, I thought it was dot net. I just wanted to be sure on that. You're going to wind up in a high school uh, woodworking class. <laughs> All right, www.piecesofwood.net. Well, it's or been a pleasure. I mean, you're already a number one writer, but... Uh, all the very best with this. It's getting out a terrific message. And it also reminds people that there were other wars and things going on other than, you know, in Europe. So uh, thank you for that. And um, I wish you all the best in the world. Thank you, Mark. You've been very kind. You're welcome.